The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Royals fans, your team made two giant statements today. Welcome in. It's Clubhouse Conversation. I am Davo with your dish for game four against the Blue Jays as the Royals once again spoil a terrific start by Jeremy Guthrie and fall four to nothing. The Royals do win the season series with Toronto. That's good. Four to three, but they leave Canada with a disappointing split after starting two and zero in this series. They're now four games under 500 here on June 1st and I mentioned that the two big statements the Royals made today, and we'll go over those here in a minute. But before we do that, let's give a tip of the cap to Jeremy Guthrie, because first and foremost, he was awesome today. Seven innings for Jeremy Guthrie, two runs, should have been one, had Nori Aoki not taken a banana route out there in right field. Seven innings, two runs, eight hits, five strikeouts, two walks, Guthrie, the two-seamer was really moving today. The velocity was up. We saw 95 and 96 several times throughout that game after seeing the same thing at the K. Jeremy Guthrie lowers his ERA to 4.00 on the nose. Once again, it should be around 3.95. Had Nori been able to catch the ball, hit right at him, and not pulled, I don't know what kind of route that was, in right field. But Guthrie falls to 2-5 and five with that 4.00 and all those innings he keeps you know, giving the Royals consistently. Six and seven innings, no run support for him. Literally, as the Royals got zero. <sighs> I don't know. Nori Aoki in right field is becoming a problem here as we enter the one-third mark of the season. I mean, his defense is not even average in right field. If you watch this team every day, his arm is fairly accurate. It's not strong, though, in the least. You know, maybe maybe I shouldn't even call his arm accurate. He's been better in the last week or two, but he's missed several easy throws at second base, you know, two, three weeks ago on what should have been you know, runners running out at second base. I don't know. That's probably accurate. Might be a little bit too strong. His arm is fair. His throws are fair. We'll say that. But his routes in right field are just awful. I mean, I've counted a minimum of four times this year where he played outs into, into doubles or worse. And you can't have that in right field when you've got a guy who is not getting on base and is not hitting for pop. You know, if, if you're going to throw a guy out there in right field, who's going to hit under five home runs for the year, be lucky to hit two or three the way he looks, that he damn well better be airtight on defense, completely airtight, and he better be getting on base at a high percentage. And Oki's doing neither. If you combine the four corners for the Royals, it's not just him. The Royals have nine home runs on June 1st from their four corners. Nori, zero. Gordo, four. Moose, four. Hosmer, one. Throw in Butler. Their other big bat, the DH, the American League, at your corners and your DH. Butler has one home run on June 1st. So 10 home runs for those four. Make that five. And as such, the Royals aren't going to score runs. It's the American League. We've gone over that. La-di-da-da-da. So let's go over the two big statements the Royals made today. Because in my mind, there were two big things I took from today and this game. Number one, we'll talk about the game here. A new hitting coach doesn't cure a bad offensive approach. Now, I gave the Royals props Elevation, wait for your pitch up, as Dale Swim said when he was hired as Royals, you know, or new hitting coach on Thursday. Wait for the ball up and do something with it. Take some pitches. The Royals did that. 
Thursday and Friday. Could it be poor pitching? Yeah, but the Royals still took advantage of it, and they haven't been doing that, so give them big props for Thursday and Friday. Yesterday, I threw out the window, whatever. The game was over. It's, it's hard to get on the Royals for scoring two yesterday. But today, so what did we talk about yesterday right here? We said Burley is absolutely nails this year, having the best year of his career, the best start at least. And so the Royals needed to have good at-bats today. They needed to take some pitches, wait them out, get the pitch count up, and try to push across two to three runs in seven innings. We said three was the goal, but two would be okay. Two to three runs in seven innings, but get him out of the game for sure by the seventh. The Blue Jays have a great closer in Brett Jansen, but the rest of their bullpen is, is you know solid, but not near on the same level as Burley. So you wait them out, you have some good at-bats, you take them to the right to the right side of you know, your right-handed hitters. I have to have that opposite field approach against them, right? I mean, a good approach should be able to produce two to three runs and get them out after seven innings. If you're taking, you know, first time through the order, seven, eight of the nine guys need to be taking a pitch, probably two. We keep hearing Ned talk about this two-strike approach, wait for your pitch till you have two strikes on you, and then kind of become more of a, you know, the protecting sword if you don't get it in those first two pitches. But the Royals didn't do that today. Let's start with approach and pitch count. So eight innings, Burley threw just 102 pitches in eight innings. Aaron Loop threw eight in the ninth inning. So the Royals saw 110 pitches in nine innings. That's 12.2 pitches an inning. 12 pitches an inning is not going to get it done. A realistic pitcher, if you ask him, a starting pitcher, what his goal is per inning, realistically, he'll tell you 13 to 14 pitches per inning. The Royals were under that, under the realistic threshold of what starting pitchers you know, want. Saw 20 pitches just once today in an inning. Second inning, nine pitches. Third inning, eight pitches. Seventh inning, 11 pitches. Eighth inning, 11 pitches. Ninth inning, eight pitches. Ten different times the Royals swung at the first pitch today. But more than that, it wasn't even so much. I mean, it was the lack of taking pitches and the hacking. But more than that, it was just where you were trying to hit the ball. I mean, they were trying to pull Burley almost exclusively today. You saw, Ormo, uh, you know, I thought in that first inning, Omar Infante reaches out slaps the ball down the right field line for a double. I thought that was a great sign. You know, how many years have we been watching Burley? You you can't pull him as a right-handed hitter. We know that. Mike Sweeney could. He's got five home runs in his career off of him. Brandon Berger could. He has four. Remember him? Majority of guys cannot pull Mark Burley as a right-handed hitter. You just can't do it. We don't have Miguel Cabrera out there. And our guys try to pull everybody, it seems like. So I thought that leadoff double by Kane down the right field line, that great approach was a good sign of things to come. That was one of the few times Escobar had in a bat later in the game. He's swung at the first pitch twice today. He had one later in the game where he got a base knock to right in the first pitch hacking. But for the majority of the time, I the Royals just did not take the ball to right field, the right-handed hitters up there. Now, Lorenzo Kane, I love you to death, but you get the award as the worst of everyone. Lorenzo Kane had god-awful at bats today. 0 for 4. With 100% pure pull approach in mind, he got himself out three of those four at-bats, had a strikeout in there where he you know, swung at a ball a foot outside and tried to pull it. Tried to pull everything. Pull, pull, pull. Salvador Perez, all year we've been talking about that, how he's a very good right field hitter when he decides to do it. But for whatever reason, I don't know why he's allowed to continue to try to pull everything. I mean, it's not like the guy's pacing to hit 25, 30, 35 home runs. He'll be lucky to hit 18 this year. It's not like he's crushing the ball out there. He's... Got a lot of potential. I, I don't like you know, how Salvador Perez is hitting this year as far as approach goes because the kid has so much talent, so much upside. Just teach him how to hit. Don't let him do that. Believe me, if I'm sitting here in Lee's Summit in my home studio and I can see that, 
every pitcher, every manager, every pitching coach in the American League freaking knows that he tries to pull everything. Why do you think he's not hitting this year like he normally does? Or like he's small sample size for Perez, but like he's capable of, we'll say. But Kane tried to pull everything. Just It's not going to work. So you better believe St. Louis, with their advanced scouting and their pitching second best in the National League, you better believe Kane and, and Perez are going to be seeing nothing but balls outside in the next four games. So be watching that. We'll see if Perez and Kane decide to make some adjustments and take the ball to right field. We'll see. One other thing about the offense was leadoff doubles two times. Now, what did we talk about? You know, a good approach could at least get Burley out after seven, probably push across two to three runs. The Royals had a bad approach, and they still could have pushed across two runs today. Leadoff doubles two different times. Runners never made it to third. Questionable base running both times, especially Eric Hosmer. Good God, man. How many times do we see Eric Hosmer run the Royals out of innings and in the outs the last couple of years? Great defensive first baseman. Horrible base runner. Sixth inning, the Royals are down. Two nothing, leadoff double and a bloop by Eric Hosmer. Good hustle. Give him credit for hustling into second. He made it there on a play where he probably had no business turning that little bloop to center field into a double. He did though, and Billy Butler had an actual infield single. I couldn't believe it. So far in the hole that there was no chance they were going to throw Billy Butler out at first. So the Royals would have had runners at first and second there in the sixth inning, down two with Perez, Gordon, Kane coming up. And Hosmer decides to take off for third base before the ball clears the infield. And he's thrown out easily at third base. Rails now have a runner at first with one out. That whole inning turned. Give Mark Burley credit today. He was good, no doubt. Mark Burley's a hell of a pitcher. I mean, it, the Royals weren't facing Joe Blow out there today, but their offense did blow today. The approach was bad. Second statement today. Number one was the approach is not changing with a new hitting coach, it appears. I mean, it's... I just I don't understand how these guys are allowed to go up there and do that. The whole accountability thing, I, I don't get it. I don't get the approach up there. Second statement today, it's sink or swim time for Mike Moustakis. This is it, to quote Michael Jackson's movie. This is it for Mike Moustakis. I strongly disagree with the Royals bringing him back up so quickly. I will state that right now. I, I really thought he was down so close to the All-Star break. I really did. Had Danny Valencia not gotten hurt, that's the Royals, what they'll say is we didn't have any other options. Not true. Had Danny Valencia not gotten hurt, I think Moose would have been down for another week or two. But that did happen. I acknowledge that happened. I acknowledge Danny Valencia got hurt. Mike Moustakis at the major league level, I know they're the, this company line of now he's hitting 0 0 0 starting over. Come on, guys. He was down for less than two weeks. It's not like you totally erased that and got totally positive mojo going. He's hitting 148 for the year in KC with a 538 OPS. But let's go back to Omaha. He only had 34 plate appearances, 31 at bats. 355 average, that's good. He's hitting down there. 960 OPS, fantastic. One homer, five RBIs, that's fine for 34 plate appearances. That's fine. He, he did well in Omaha, no doubt. No doubt he's an upgrade defensively either. No doubt. But for the... <sighs> I just, bringing him back up this quickly to me, you're setting him up for failure. I mean, and I get it. He's got, what, 1,600 at-bats plus into his career. He ain't getting any younger. But what this tells me more than anything is that this current regime of Dayton Moore and Ned Yost are in trouble. I don't think Dayton Moore two years ago 
brings back up a player like that so quickly. Now, you might say, well, they're all in this year to win, but Moose does not give them right now the best chance to win, I don't believe, at third base. I, I just don't believe that. And More so than that, for the kid's career. It's a kid's career we're talking about. I think one more failed season, one more failed month or two, and the kid's done. He's buried. At least with this team. For sure with this team. You can't trot him back out there as your opening day third baseman next year. And he's not a reserve or a triple-A player, so he's getting moved at the end of the season if this doesn't work out. But, I mean, it's... I think it's too quick. I don't like it. Did Jimmy Paredes and Pedro Siriaco give you the same glove? No chance, as Mike Moustakas. Acknowledged. Acknowledging that right now, that Moose is better defensively. But there's I mean, there's no way you could go out at the scrap heap and find yourself somebody for two weeks. There's no way you couldn't go with one of those two at third base for two weeks and give Moose some more time. That, to me, says Dayton and Ned are in trouble. Because they honestly believe... I mean, no doubt he has the best upside either of Syriaco and Paredes. I'm not arguing the, the logic of some of this. But putting him back out there at third base so quickly, I think puts the kid's career at risk, definitely with the Royals. And I think what it says is Dayton and Ned are in panic mode. They know he still has the best upside, and they're just saying, we're running out of time, guys. we got to get him back up here. We're already sinking. We need him back up here. I think it's too quick. Does he... Upgrade defensively, yes. Does he have more upside? Yes. But I think it's too quick after all the failure he's had the last year and a half, and especially this year, less than two weeks. If he, if he starts off another one for 10, two for 15, three for 31, we're right back where we were, and we're running out of time even worse, and the team at the major league level is going to be getting even more criticism. The negativity is coming back. I just don't think it's a smart move. I don't know. Maybe you sacrifice one game. Maybe you lose one game from lack of defense. I doubt it. But even if you go Syriaco and Paredes out there, I don't know, for two, three more weeks, I just... Anyway, just let me know and I don't, I don't agree with that move today. I can see their logic. I'm, I'm acknowledging there's some logic with it, with the injury to Valencia, the upside, and the defense. But the kid's career is at stake, and I don't think it's the right move. So going forward, where are we right now before we wrap this up here? Well... The Royals sit four games under 500 on June 1st. They've lost 30 games before they've won 30 games for 11 years in a row now. And it's sink or swim time, not only for Moustakis, but for this team. I would say the next seven days we get a pretty good idea. Because here's the deal. Even if you go four and three, three and four even, we'll say. Let's say you go three and four in the next seven. You've got some tough games, like, you know with all these games coming up against St. Louis and New York, et cetera. But at some point, you're going to have to make a freaking move. Quit telling me the season's young, and yes, it's only a third of the way over. Yes, you're right there for the wild card, but guess what? That's by default. Just about every team in the American League is right there for the wild card. Only Tampa and Houston are kind of feeling left out right now. I mean, realistically. And as we learned last year, the Royals made up a lot of ground last year in the second half. But the problem is when you're trailing three to four or five, this year it be five or six teams. When you're trailing that many teams and have that many teams to jump, it's not the games that's the issue. The three or four games is not the issue. The issue is you're going against half the freaking American League. And you better believe at least a couple of those teams are going to get white hot and run. You also better believe that the majority of those teams competing with the Royals have more payroll flexibility at the deadline than the Royals do. So at some point, you're either going to sink from going into a stretch here, or you're going to sink from just staying at four to three to five to six to two games under 500 as you move towards July, you start running out of time at some point. 
and the other teams go against you, and the payroll goes against you, on and on and on. And as you keep mentioning, the Royals just keep pissing away. Great pitching performance after great pitching performance after great pitching performance. The whole first part of this year, I believe this is the eighth time now the Royals have allowed, well, I guess they gave up four today, so that stat's not true. But there was three, seven times they've allowed three or less and lost. Should have been three today. Had Crow not given up the home run or had Oki play defense. You could almost throw this game in that same category because they got shut out. It's just not good. So we'll see. St. Louis, I have said it, and I'll stick by it. It's a team the Royals match up well with. I think right now is the time to make the move. you got to get some momentum back. The only statement you're making the last couple of weeks is get, you know bad ones, getting swept by Houston at home. You've got to make a statement, a positive statement. You had a golden chance here. You win the first two against Toronto. You were kind of almost gifted one of them. You had a chance to split these next two, get three out of four, get back to two under, have some definite momentum coming back to the Midwest for St. Louis and a whole bunch of games in Kansas City. You failed to do it, and now... It's going to have to happen, and St. Louis is a good team to do it against. They don't hit the ball real well, but they pitch and play defense like the Royals do. So this is a good matchup for the Royals. Um, the next two days in St. Louis I like quite a bit. But when you can't score runs, you're, you've got a weakling offense. You're going to probably, I would assume, you have to get Billy Butler's bat in the lineup one of these two games. I think you start Hosmer tomorrow against Shelby Miller, the right-hander. And I think Butler starts against a lefty, Jaime Garcia. On Tuesday, you've got to get it probably. I mean, knock him all you want. He's hitting 250 with one home run, but Eric Hosmer is not doing a lot better with one home run. And Billy's been a lot hotter as of late. I think you have to get his bat in the lineup, split those two. But you lose a Butler or, and or Hosmer's bat both games. You already can't score, so I don't know. We'll see. I like I like the matchup. I would like to think the Royals can take three out of four. They need to. They've got to, they've got to find a way to win a four-game set. They keep splitting them this year. They've got to find a way to win one. Get three out of four, and you, you know, have the Yankees coming in two under. But again, when the days keep passing, by then it's June, you know, what, June 6th or something, 7th? I mean, every week that passes and you're still below 500, it becomes tougher and tougher. So we'll see. Duffy and Miller tomorrow. Miller is six and four with a 3 9 4. Shields against a lefty Garcia with a 4 2 1 0. On Tuesday, Garcia only has three outings this year, three starts, 19 innings. So small sample size. We've seen him before, obviously, in the past. We'll see what happens, but that's what I've got for you today. Um, overall, just not a not a real good situation right now for the Royals. They continue to squander good outings by their starting pitchers. They continue to not score. They continue to have mind-blowingly stupid base running decisions. They have a bad approach up there. They're up there hacking. What do they call the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's kind of where I feel like we are right now with the Royals. Time's running out, boys. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation.